John chapter 13, verses 33 through 35 says this. Little children, yet a little while while I am with you, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Pray. Lord, I am just so grateful for these truths, God, that you tell us in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new. Behold, the new has come. Lord, we are so grateful to hear these stories, to see your faithfulness to humanity. And I pray, Lord, as we reflect on what it means to show up with the love of Jesus, I pray, God, that you would speak into each of us. Lord, even right now in this moment, all these details, all these different, Lord, help us not to miss that you have a word for us today. Help us right now as we reflect on what the love of Jesus truly is. I pray, God, that you would speak in powerful, mighty, divine, transcendent ways. So, Lord, we, we sit at the edge of our seats. We, we pray that you would open up the eyes of our hearts, spirit, and that you would speak. We pray that this would be an encounter with your spirit, illuminating the words of your word. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, that you are here. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. This morning we are continuing. We are in this series that says this conviction that we believe as a church that Jesus truly does change everything. That he is the power to change. And because of this, we've been asking, what does it mean if we believe this to, as a church what are the implications for that? Because Jesus changes everything, what does this mean? And today I want to be talking about this question of where and how do you show up? Where and how do you show up? You know when like, you've got the family barbecue or the Memorial Day weekend barbecue and, and you're texting, what should we bring? What, what should we bring? I know for me, uh, I love to uh, learn. I'm not very good at it, but I love smoking meat on my Traeger. So whether it's some wings or some ribs, I haven't messed around yet with, with too much of it, but I just love the idea of, of bringing with me something that is just so delicious. And it seems to me as we think about what it means to be a people that, that Jesus changes everything, and we say that he changes everyone, he has that power, and he can change everyone everywhere. There's, there's no limits to where he changes. It's important to ask this question as we go out beyond just the church facilities, beyond just worship services, as we live in our lives as teachers and farmers and dairymen and, and prison workers and, and, and school uh, students and whatever it is that we're working here in Chowchilla, dentists and doctors, that, that as we go out and we believe Jesus changes everything our premise today is that because Jesus changes everything we show up in all those places with the love of Jesus we show up 
in all of those places, everywhere, with the love of Jesus. Now, maybe you're asking, what do you mean by the love of Jesus? Love can be defined in a lot of different ways, right? What do you mean when you say we show up with the love of Jesus? I, I believe here in this text, Jesus shows us three ways as we think about what it means to be a people that believe Jesus changes everything, that we are to show up with the love of Jesus. And it's broken down into three categories. I would say the flesh, the blood, and water. Flesh, blood, and water. First, flesh. Incarnational love. What we mean by incarnational, it's love that says, I'm here. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm here. Turn to the other person next to you and say, you're here. And maybe you're not feel like that. Maybe you're feeling like you're somewhere else. Well, come on, be here. Don't miss this. The love of Jesus is incarnational. This is so profound. We celebrate this every Christmas. That's what Christmas is about, that, that God himself would see creation, would see our sin, would see our misery, would see our desperate plight, and would do something about it. This idea of flesh, I mean, just look down at your hands, that God would take on flesh to be among us, and we know this is a special kind of love. You've probably experienced this in tragedy or in crisis when, when, when something is going on in your family and then people that know you and care for you, they may not have the answers, but they just show up. Have you had that happen? They just show up. Their flesh is there. They are with you, and this is the confession of the Christian faith that when Jesus says, that we will love, we are called to follow him in this incarnational, flesh-on-flesh flesh kind of love. It tells us, here, Jesus is with his disciples, and he's talking to them, and he says, little children. He says, yet a little while I am with you. He says, you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. I love in this moment, that Jesus is with his disciples. He's with them. He's, he's gathering them in. In the context of this verse that we're looking at, it says that Judas had just left, and it was Christ and his 11 disciples, and he like brings them in. He just washed their feet. And he wants them to know that he's with them, He's gonna be leaving, he's gonna be dying on the cross, he's gonna be resurrecting and ascending, and we know that he will also say, in the Great Commission, I will be with you. And there's this incarnational, I am here truth to the love of Jesus. This tells us in John chapter one earlier that the word, that's Christ himself, the Logos, became flesh. That he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. We see the Father. We have a relationship with him because he came to us. 
And far too often in the Christian faith, we get so focused on Christmas and so focused on Easter that we forget that there's a whole part of Christ living here on earth that is important. He could have just came, died, resurrected, right? Why did he spend those 30-something years living here, taking on flesh, living as a human to relate, to understand, to teach us? Hugh Halter in his book, Flesh, which is all about the incarnation, says this. He says, Jesus also came to live a life. He came to model a new way to be human. He came in the flesh to show us how to live in our flesh. And we miss the incarnation when we view Jesus only through his death on the cross instead of through his life in the neighborhood. There's a part of incarnational love that just says, I'm going to show up. The love of Jesus is incarnational. It's a people who say, we show up. It's also sacrificial, or I would say, bloody. <laughs> now when I say bloody, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm second. I'm second. I'm putting others first. If you look at the context of this passage, Christ our Lord, the one who took on flesh, who is God himself, who was there in the creation. His last actions for his disciples before the cross, do you know what he did? It says that he got a towel and he washed their feet. It's a sacrificial love that, that we are to have for one another, following in his footsteps. And when I talk about the blood, I'm not talking necessarily about you shedding blood. I'm talking about his righteous blood shed for you. You see, in this text, he says, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Circle that part, just as I have loved you. You see, it wasn't new that God's people are called to love. Go back in Leviticus and read the commandments of God. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. It also says in Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. This was not a new commandment, but the new commandment that Christ gave to, to us is that we are to love in the way that he loves us. John gets at this in 1 John. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. The love that we show up with is incarnational. I'm here. It's sacrificial. I'm second. And it's also covenantal. We are family. Look at what he says in this last verse here, in uh, verse 35. He says, by this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. There's something about the love that Christ gives us where people should be able to see his love through the way that we love each other. Through this familial family bond that we have, and we call this the covenant. It's symbolized in baptism. It's symbolized in water. 
In baptism, we believe the love of Jesus, the water itself, is a sign of this covenant, this family that we are joining together in. And it's actually stronger than our own blood. It's this new family that we're called to join in as a church, that we show up with this love. You see, when we think about love, we think of transactional love, right? You know what? My love is a transaction. I'll give you love as long as you come through with the love that I give you. We see this in marriages oftentimes. And we live in a culture that is so individualistic, that is so me-centered, that we live with this transactional love. But the love of Christ is a transcendent love. It is a love that came from heaven to us, as we sang, of a beautiful name. It's a love that we participate and we, as a church, have to figure out how to pour that out on to one another. This has been especially challenging in the last few years, especially with COVID and restrictions and challenges. What does it mean to truly show up as a church? What does it mean, uh, can we truly be a church on a screen? Can we truly be incarnational? Can we truly be sacrificial? Can we truly support one another on a screen? I would submit to you in my experience that that is lacking. That, is, that, that online church, that, that gathering together is a great compliment for when I'm sick, like my, my, my son Jude is sick right now, they're at home watching online, but there's nothing that can substitute for flesh being in a room together, showing up together, worshiping together, loving one another, and being together. There's something valuable about that. So we must figure out what it means to you as a church family to be together. In a book that has had a profound impact on me is a book called Analog Church. They talk about the digital age versus the analog age. And the call for us to live in this analog, transcendent age. J. Kim, the author, says this. He says, being part of the family of God ought to disrupt our real, actual lives today. And one of the most needed disruptions to our digitally oversaturated lives is the call to go offline and actually show up as healthy families do. Those are challenging words. Romans says this, do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ and were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? The newness of life. Jesus changes everything. So my question to you, church, is where and how are you showing up? As you think about all the places that you go, all the interactions that you have, where and how are you showing up? You never know what a simple incarnational act, sacrificial act, family covenantal act can do to someone. 
Because you're not the one that's changing everything. Jesus is, amen? But yet he uses his church, he uses all who confess him as Lord and Savior to be his vessels. I think of Victor's story. He's sitting at a gas station in Chowchilla with a bullet wound from a party the night before. He's really lucky to be alive and he meets this ponytail dude named Matt Harry. And Matt simply had a conversation with him at a gas station. And Matt simply, he didn't just invite him to church, he's become his friend. And today, Victor's getting baptized. And and I think of Kamel and Annika growing up in the church. Growing up in Sunday school, growing up with catechism, growing up learning of the things of the Lord, growing up with family meals, growing up with this covenantal bond and coming to a personal saving faith in Jesus. I think of Ashton who's getting baptized who just started coming because youth group was fun and got to know our youth pastor Jordan and hearing his story and hearing that he's really been a part, become a part of this family and all over the place and seeing the Lord moving and working in him. And I think of all of these stories and we believe, church, that Jesus changes everything. We believe this to be true. This is not just some some religious language we use. This is not just a practice of religious fodder. We, we, we believe that Jesus is real, that he changes everything, and so we live and we show up with the love of Jesus in the flesh, with blood and water. And I challenge you, when we show up with the love of Jesus like he has for us, anything is possible. Anything is possible. There is no place that is off limits. And for some of us, we just need to show up. We just need to show up and trust that the Lord himself will speak and move through us. So I challenge you today. Ask yourself, where do I need to show up? And as I think about what I'm bringing to these places, how am I going to show up? Hear this, incarnational showing up does not mean you always need to have the right words. A while back I preached on Job and this stuck with me. Sometimes we need to show up and shut up. Sometimes in grief, sometimes in tragedy, when we don't have the questions, we do need to show up, but we don't need to go and say some cliche thing to someone. They just need our presence and they just need us to cry with them and be there with them, amen? Amen. And I would encourage you as you think through this church, as we prepare our hearts for a time of baptism where we celebrate our confession that we truly do believe Jesus changes everything, let's continue to be a people that show up with that incarnational, sacrificial, covenantal love of Christ, amen? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father,
I pray, Lord, right now as we get to participate together in worship. Lord, in a few moments, we're going to sing a song and we're going to get to watch 11 brothers and sisters in Christ being baptized, declaring their faith in you in the covenantal water that says they're a part of this family. And I pray, Lord, as we participate, as we worship along in this, God, for those who have been baptized or confessed their faith, I pray that you would strengthen us and remind us of those professions. I pray for the lost soul, the the person in here wondering if they can get in on this, I pray that they would confess their faith in you. I pray that they would believe that no one is too far gone, that we all are a part of this family. And I pray, Lord, that you would just do a work in this gathering, that this would be a time of worship where you get the glory, where you are made famous, Jesus. And Lord, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would help us with this love, that you would give us wisdom in knowing how to live out this incarnational love where we show up, where we are not afraid to sacrifice as a part of this covenant family. So we just give this time to you and we love you and we give you all the glory. In your name we pray.